Vizio and Roku both sharpened their attack on the TV platform business in the third quarter and they continue to get results. I put the two head-to-head to see which is biggest and growing fastest. Listen on to find out more. This is Endscreen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at Endscreen Media. And today is November the 10th, 2022. Last quarter, I did an analysis of Vizio and Roku's business and compared them on three key measures. That is, I looked at CTV engagement, I compared number of active accounts, and I compared the average revenue per user that they were getting. Well, I'm going to do the same again. The Q3 results are in and uh, we're going to also take a quick look at what each of the two have done in the last quarter to really boost their performance in the TV platform business. But first, I just want to remind you that Endscreen Media is partly supported by its sponsors and we've had some great ones including Gracenote, Verizon, TiVo, Metrological and many others. If you'd like to become a sponsor and help keep the lights on here at Endscreen Media, send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com. There are many benefits, including being acknowledged in this podcast and being able to run banners on the site. And the Endscreen Media audience is a very engaged audience. So it's a great place to get your message about what you're doing in the industry across. So why don't you join them and become a sponsor? Okay, so let's get back to our podcast and let's talk about what Vizio and Roku have both been up to in Q3. Well, they've both been very busy. So let's start with Vizio. Vizio launched a payment and subscription management solution called Vizio Account in August. Now, why it did this was so that it could partner with SVOD providers and it could resell those services through its payment plan, making it very easy to do from a Roku. So you can do this, I guess, with a single click from the Roku channel. And so this is something that many other companies are doing, including Roku, and we'll get to Roku in just a second. Uh, But it makes a lot of sense for the company to do this, I think. They have a, a very specific audience and they can really help simplify things for their customers by doing it. And the company says they have about 30% of the SVOD services that are available through their smart car operating system. About 30% of those can be subscribed to through this Vizio account. So that's a good start. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to add a lot more of those going forward. Now, Vizio also added a new feature called My Watch List, and and this, I think, will be gratefully received by many users of Vizio's SmartCast because it really allows users to save favorite shows for easy access. You can put them on this list, and it's directly accessible from the main menu, rather, and it's very easy to launch your favorite shows when you get in there. The company's also improved its recommendations based on genres and apps that users engage with. So it's watching what you're watching and using those to improve the recommendations that you see. So again, uh, that should be very helpful to customers using that platform. 
And it's also added a bunch of new linear channels from Fox and Scripps and many others to its Watch Free Plus fast service. Now, this is built right into the interface. It's very easy to find. Many of the watch free free viewing is boosted in the in the company's hero bar on the front panel in their main menu that's very easy to find and so more content there i think is probably really good and and it seems like it's doing pretty good because the company says that watch free plus's growth is outpacing any other service on the platform and that it's a, a top service on that platform so that's all going very well there now roku is has also been busy but in a big difference to visio it's really engaged now with international expansion particularly in mexico so this last quarter it launched new smart tvs with tvoem partners aiwa daewoo and sensui in mexico uh, these are all powered by the roku tv os and also launched the roku channel in mexico i guess on those tvs so really going after it in in mexico um, and it claims that it is the second most popular tv platform in the Mexican market right now and catching up to Samsung fast according to the company's CEO Anthony Wood. It has also launched TVs with partners in Australia and Germany so it's really beginning to spread its wings now and really getting engaged in those international markets and um, I will say though it's very very competitive in those international markets with people like Samsung and LG. Now the Roku channel is the company's storefront for partner SVOD services and the company says users can subscribe to 50 services now through the Roku, cha Roku channel and it has added another top 10 service to the list and that's Paramount Plus which is a big coup for Roku and I think once again we'll go down well with those people that want to centralize all of the billing and service management with a product like the Roku channel. Roku's also adding more content to its free service, uh, the Roku channel. New content from AMC, Adult Swim, and others have come into the service. They're, they're, Roku is actually now a big provider of linear channels as well as on-demand content. And the company claims that the channel remains in the top five on devices powered by its TV OS. And that, it says, is the same. It's top five whether you measure by engagement or by the number of viewers. So certainly seems like it's drawing a lot of eyeballs just like Watch Free Plus is doing on Vizio TVs. Okay, so the two companies have been very, very busy in Q3. How is that panning out in terms of monthly active accounts, uh, engagement, and average revenue per user? Well, let's start with monthly active accounts. Well, I gotta say here, Roku is the count winner. Roku has the most monthly active counts and I'll get to that in just a second. But in terms of growth, I think it's just about a, a tie. The two of them grew about the same in this quarter. Let me just say the way Roku and Vizio define active accounts is a little bit different. Both look at the last 30 days of the period of interest to determine active accounts. Vizio defines an active account 
uh, an active user account as a TV connected to the internet that activates smart, the SmartCast interface sometime in that month. And Roku defines it as a Roku-powered device that has streamed content. So they're, they're not that distant from the two. Um, so it's fair, I think, to compare both of the perform both on their performance there. So how did they perform? Well, Roku added 9 million active accounts between Q3 2021 and Q3 2022. That's uh, an increase of about 16%. And then they now, and Roku now has 65.4 million, which is well ahead of Vizio's 16.6 million. But Vizio did add 2.2 million in the quarter. And that makes both of them, well, they both grew 15, 16%. So as I say, uh, on terms of growth, they're about equal. But in terms of size, well, Roku has far, far more than Vizio does. Let's look at connected TV engagement next. Well, here, Roku wins both. It has the biggest engagement and its engagement grew the most between the two. Uh, but before we get there, I should just say Roku and Vizio both define engagement slightly differently. Roku counts the total hours spent streaming on Roku-powered devices. Vizio reports the aggregate time in the SmartCast interface and streaming time initiated from apps within the interface. Uh, since both measures include total streaming time initiated from the tvOS, I think the com comparing the two is definitely worthwhile. Now, both companies gained engagement ground between Q3 2021 and Q3 2022. Roku's streaming minutes increased by 5%, reaching uh, 221 minutes per day per active user. Vizio's, uh, Vizio's SmartCast engagement time increased 2% to reach 169 minutes per day per active user. So the difference isn't that too much, 221 versus 169. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this case, definitely Roku is the bigger winner. Although I will say it is really incremental growth now in the amount of time that people are spending with uh, both these operating systems. I should probably mention something that I, I mentioned in the last time we did this on the podcast, and that, that is why the two count active accounts and report engagement differently. So Roku derives most of the revenue from its platform business through ads seen in the Roku channel and ads it places in other uh, ad-supported services on the platform. So when it does a deal for, for distribution of an app and the app includes ads, typically the provider will share a few of those ads, those ad slots with Roku. So that's how it makes money. So time spent streaming is a really good barometer for ads seen by users. Vizio says it has 10 monetization options in the WatchCast home screen, which is very, very different to the Roku home stream. Roku's is very simple, uh, but Vizio's has a whole bunch of content and you know really focuses on promoting the content in there. And there are some ads that get placed in there. In other words, the comp Vizio thinks that engagement with the interface is a better measure of revenue generation, not just 
inside the, the Watch Free Plus app that runs there that, that provides free content on the Vizio TV. So let's move on to our last category now. The last category is the average revenue per user. This is the average amount of money that each company can derive from the people that are using it. So before I anoint the winners and losers, I'm gonna tell you how each calculate ARPU. Now Vizio and Roku calculate ARPU roughly the same way. It is an annual figure based on platform business revenue, platform, so the platform business is Roku's place where it has most of its advertising and Platform Plus is where Vizio has most of its advertising. So it's an annual figure based on those platform business revenues averaged across the number of active accounts over the previous four quarters. So it's a rolling average that they give each quarter based on the previous four quarters. I hope that's, I hope that's clear for you. With several years head start on Vizio in the business of advertising, you would expect Roku to be pretty far ahead, and it is. Roku's ARPU, average revenue per user in Q3 2022 was $44.30 versus $27.69 for Vizio. So yeah, it's quite far ahead, but Wait a minute, you've got to remember here, Vizio's only been doing this for a couple of years. Roku's been in this business for four or more years. So I think that's pretty good performance per by Vizio to get to $27.69 in just that short time. On the other hand, Vizio's ARPU growth is more than twice Roku's. In fact, it's nearly four times Roku's. Uh, Vizio's ARPU increased 39% over the same quarter in the previous year versus Roku's more pedestrian 10%. So Vizio is hands down the growth winner in ARPU. So there you have it. There are the three results uh, in terms of monthly active accounts. Roku is the count winner. Growth, they're both growing about the same. So it's a tie. Connected TV engagement. Roku has the highest engagement, although not hugely bigger than Vizio, uh, but it's also, it grew more in the quarter than Vizio's engagement did. And finally, average revenue per unit. Roku is the count winner, but Vizio, boy, is it catching up fast. It is very definitely the growth winner there. Okay, so let's get to the bottom line here. I think one of the things that we should be very cognizant of is that both Vizio and Roku face really big challenges in the coming months and years. Pretty much every aspect of their businesses is facing increasing competition. Uh, for example, in the SVOD aggregation race, which Vizio has just entered and which Roku is very active in, the big dog in streaming YouTube has just entered that race. It will allow YouTubers to subscribe through YouTube to, it has right now, 30 SVOD services. Expect more to follow with YouTube's reach. So I think that's a very significant event in the SVOD aggregation race. The TV OS business continues to become more crowded. Uh, we've had recent entries from TiVo, and TiVo just announced their second OEM in Europe to, to use the TiVo operating system. Comcast and Charter, of course, have formed a JV. 
They renamed that GV, JV Zumo in this quarter, and that's because Comcast contributed Zumo, its fast channel, fast linear service to the JV. So it is also out there looking for TV OEMs to partner and use the operating system. And the competition for streaming ad dollars is also increasing with the entrance of Netflix and the impending launch of Disney Plus's ad tier next month. So really, these guys are facing incredibly big competition in just about all the areas that they are working in. But the good news for them is they're both making progress in those areas and in their businesses in spite of this competition. But there is absolutely no reason for them to back off because, as I said last time, over the next 10 years, virtually all of the $216 billion that is spent on television in the US will come through TV platforms like Roku and Vizio. And I'm betting that those ones that stick around are going to profit enormously in the process. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media, and I'll speak with you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.